0: that kind of got me, and I, and I was debating I'm
1: bringing it up or not, but I, I'm going to. Do. Hey Adam, before we get started, let's don't forget to mention our sponsors. Yeah, the guys who helped bring this podcast. We couldn't do it without them. I guess we could, but it makes it a lot easier, you know? That's right. Shin gear, waterfowl equipment that's built better. Made by waterfowlers for waterfowlers. Go get you some shin gear. Miss Melissa at Duck Dog Clothing. For all your Duck Dog clothing needs, podcast gear, check out Melissa, our website at Duck Dog Clothing, Dropbox. Go in, buy a t shirt or hat. Supports us. We appreciate it. Don't forget your wet mud mats and your Kong bumpers. And if you're not Kong, Jim, you're wrong. Soggy Dog Gear, soggydoggear.com. Oh, Doug over there at Soggy Dog, he's a dog man. For all your dog training equipment, he's got it there. Go to SoggyDoggear.com. Be sure on your flat collars to use the discount code, the dog House, to get your discount on your flat collars. GNG Motors, Columbia, Kentucky. See Chaz Giles for all your large, small, New and used tractors, Chaz Giles at G&G Motors, Columbia, Kentucky. Guys, don't forget to check out Tetra, the hearing system that works. Tetra, hear the hunt. Hear the hunt. The Sullivan family has been with us a long time, guys. It's no longer Sullivan Motors. It's Sullivan Kirk Automotive. Sullivan Kirk Outfitters for your lift kits, and etc., etc. Also, new and used vehicles. Those guys have supported us a long time. We'd appreciate it if you Support them. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Doghouse Podcast. Welcome in my friend, my pal, Jimmy Rogers.
0: What's going on, Adam? How are we, bud? Oh,
1: man. Doing all right. I'm doing all right.
0: you doing? 100%. I'm 100%. I'm always sitting
1: on a damn hundred, baby. I'm ready to rock.
0: 110 I'm,
1: I'm jacked up about hunting man <laughs> me too I I leave in the morning headed to uh today's Tuesday um I leave in the morning headed to a little place called Alberta Canada for a few days oh
0: Canada huh yeah oh, Canada
1: me and Spencer Halford and a few other guys that that we're all buddies are going to hunt with Thomas Gilpin for a couple of days and really looking forward to that.
0: Awesome man, that's gonna be fun. I done that last year. or Something similar,
1: didn't you? Not the exact same thing. We did. We 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 burnt that rear end for him too. So we're hoping to we're hoping <laughs> to go and do that again. But if not, you know, it it it's gonna be good times with good people.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe you'll have a repeat performance. I'm waiting for
1: you. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs>
0: I'm i I'm headed out tomorrow. Today is Tuesday. Uh-huh the week before next season opened in Arkansas. I'm leaving out tomorrow. So by the time this airs I will be in a deer stand in Arkansas. <laughs>
1: um <laughs> back when you was working in the guide industry, when did you have to how early did you have to get there when you was running Big Creek?
0: Uh, I was there, always there by the first day of November. All all dogs went home by the end, last day of October. I would take a load to my clients down there and we would start gearing up uh November first. I and usually by then I had done made at least two to three trips down earlier just getting started stuff. Right. Going, you know. But that, I permanently moved in November first. Mm.
1: Yeah. Well, that's now, we, we had, life we changed hunters. a little bit.
0: Life changed a little bit. We we would start off with deer hunters, uh would be the week before deer season opens. And then uh you know, of course, opening, that opening nine days right into Thanksgiving, we would just, we would be working hard, get separated for that. And then as soon as the split, um, we'd really bear down to get everything set. Because once that, once it opened again in December, what we had is pretty much what we had at the end because it wasn't no downtime. And we would roll right till the end of January. We'd get some two days off for of Christmas. Just enough time, spend time for family, back down there and go back, right back to the folks in the field killing ducks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ain't that something?
0: Uh, Life's, changed. Uh,
1: Life's changed a little bit for you, hasn't it, oh,
0: my Oh, quite a bit. I, you know, we're still training dogs. Uh, I've been <laughs> working some dogs. I'm building a bridge. That's, a, that's an episode in itself. I, 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 most people don't understand that I'm a bridge builder by trade. Uh, I'm building my first one right now. Uh, we just crossed the 24-month mark. <laughs> 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 so, that's what... You know, if I was charging my tire hour or somebody this, <laughs> they'd be pretty upset right now with me. But <laughs> since it's my bridge, and it's a so I'm going to explain that real quick because it is funny as crap. Uh, so I, my kennel is built across the creek. I have a creek, I'm going to say it's about 30 40 feet wide, about 40 feet wide, flows year round. It's a spring creek, it's solid slate rock bottom, uh, line foam bottom. So that's really like a little short side note, that's raising reason bourbon from this area. Everybody, you know, that's what caused bourbon. The people that, uh, who made bourbon to settle in this area is because of the limestone creek. So anyway, it's like concrete. So my dog truck and trailer, we drive across it every day. Boys come and go to work, we drive across it. And since I've lived there almost 20, 24 years now, I've had a side-by-side to, I'd have to hire up every more or put on a pair of rubber boots and walk across that creek. So I decided to couple of years ago, I want to build a bridge I could walk across. So the bridge is 84 feet of a flat deck, it's three feet wide, built out of aluminum I beams that I got from a uh, local uh, company that was scrapping them. And I, I put them together and built a deck on them, built handrails for them. And I, all I like fishing up now is the ramp going down into the kennel yard. It's about, in the center would be about 15 feet off the ground. It's 84 feet overall, flat deck, and about 28 feet of ramp going off the deck side, So it's a pretty major undertaking. But it's been fun. That's something I enjoy. Not everybody has built a damn ridge. <laughs> 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 so I, when I get it done, I'll post some pictures on my social media. I have to give you something to look at. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> Let me ask you this. Is oh, yeah. that in the summertime? Is that creek cold?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. So it is. It it's coming out of that spring water. I don't know what the temperature is exactly, but it's cool. It's it's always cool. Yeah. So Clark Kennington years ago and a buddy of his, he grew up with, named James Wood, called Skinny James.
1: Oh, Skinny James. Uh, they were
0: on their way to Michigan to run an HRC test, and uh, they. Uh, they left Buck Hill, Mississippi, and that old white uh, chassis that park had in the air conditioner had quit. And the heat index that day in Mississippi was about 115. And by the time they got here, it was about 108 or 9. It was miserable. And it was so hot. They said, when they got in, they got out and stood in the creek and <laughs> their bare feet trying to cool off. <laughs> oh,
1: didn't then, you say Paul would get in it and bathe when he was up there?
0: Paul Shirley was taking a bath in it every day. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. I come across the creek one day and I smell Ozzy shampoo. I'm like, what is, you know, that's pretty. You know, it smells like grapes to me. I'm like, oh, I do smell Ozzy shampoo. I look over under the waterfall right in front of the house and there's Paul in the creek taking a bath. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's. Uh, it, it, something it's nice it to have this beautiful look at but it's kind of a pain in the butt we have to work around it all the time so the bridge is going to make my life a lot easier once i get it as But i i should be <coughs> after this fill up the next couple of weeks i tell you in the split we'll definitely have it done so i've actually made a lot of headway. overall time has not spent that much on it it's just you know from every got the tent till right about now i'm so busy with dogs i don't take off from dog work to do it so we do it in the wintertime. The
1: weather's good. So <laughs> you just take
0: what you get and be glad you got it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll sure be glad to have it done. I'm excited about
1: it. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, is- and i tell you what, life has changed so much for you, and, and it has for me too. But, you know, used to, November 1, you'd be at Big Creek at the duck camp getting ready, but the, the Master National ended on November the 4th this year.
0: Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. If I was still in that role, I would have had to make arrangements. I mean, I would have made it work, but you know, it would have been, it would have been a pretty big deal, uh, for me to, by the time I got home, got my I pretty much had to have my stuff loaded and ready to roll. Uh, and I, you know, I had to lift immediately straight up or I was, I was going to be, I would have been behind because those day, every day down there was, you know, spent brushing and Uh, we would have a, you know, occasionally I'd get some guys in there a little bit early, but 90, 99% of work firing up that place, you know, getting propane tanks filled, grocery orders, cleaning ladies amazing, getting the lodge cleaned up, getting, you know, uh, deer stands ready. Uh, they had been, a lot of times they have been feeding, but I'd have to go out and check, you know, make sure all the stands are safe and everything was up and cleaned up and ready. And then, you know, duck lines always need a little repair. And you just, I'd have to make a project list when you start checking them off, you know, in order that they had to be done. And uh, as the guys started coming in, I'd start, you know, dispatching them out to different things, you know, be like you you know, you two go and get the boats put in down at P one, and you two go get the get the decoys up to Northfield, and you two, you know, and one of those things that just magically all come to happen, you know, we we never we never not didn't have it done, we we always some way beat the beat the gun and and be ready to roll when they got there. Sometimes. I, to get a little early on it because I always I hate to start the season or slack out from work you know that was I really tried to get a little better jump on it that way we'd have a few days prior to the season for everybody to kind of chill out you know right. uh, but, there's been, but there's been years on opening you know the day on Friday when everybody come in I still have guys out in the field trying to get stuff ready just you know pushing it that far so but it's a big operation man we had you know 30 blinds and 25 deer stands and uh, a lot of equipment, you know, and that made a big difference. What was broke down and what button and we didn't get a lot fun in the summertime. Everybody was busy, so we had to do it. We had to make a thirty-day push leading into it. So, yeah, well, yeah, that, things have changed a bunch now. I'm now <laughs> I'm actually going down on Wednesday. I'm gonna deer hunt Wednesday and Thursday. None of my crew's coming in But Friday. I'll be at the lodge by myself, just hanging out and deer hunting. Yep. Yeah,
1: <coughs> that's yeah. something, man, it? That is something. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm yeah, ready no to doubt. Go. <laughs> No doubt. I'm ready. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to hunt some and get out oh, there yeah. and chase them around. It'll be a lot of fun. So mm-hmm. let's 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 get going to where we're headed today on our on our podcast. Here we're going to recap the 2023 Master National, at Thomasville, Georgia. We're going to talk yep. about. We really haven't talked about your grand. Yeah. So we can talk about that too. So you, mm-hmm. you want you know, to start with your grand?
0: Tell you, man, Yeah, I'd be glad to. Tell you, man, Let's recap a little bit of the actual podcast. I tell you, man, uh, and, and I'm going to be truthful. I haven't had a chance. I've been so busy trying to get everything done so I can leave. But if I got it. tomorrow on my ride, I will listen to Pot, our, our podcast. Class. But, you know, there has been some great material put out since I was last on here. Uh, your... Uh, your story was wonderful. Thank you for that. That was awesome, man. Uh, done Thanks, a great man. job. And then, and then, uh, I have not heard the one with JD, but everybody has told me, uh, Jimmy moves to bed and Adam goes to the gold mine is one of the, one of the top all time. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't, and listen, that don't bother me at all. If, if, you know, you knew I was just, I think y'all done that just as I was coming in from the brand. I, yeah. I've been battling a, uh, impacted, Tooth that was about to kill me. Uh, I got that fixed since then, and, and I was in bed sound asleep when y'all done that. You know, and I couldn't help it. But uh, it was I, about ten thirty <laughs> so oh,
1: yeah, at night. Oh yeah, eleven
0: thirty my time. Yeah. yeah so I yeah, I can't I can function that late. I'm more too old for that. Uh, and then uh, of course Pat Burns is you know legendary, and you know what we what we got to talk to about Mr. Pat was just unbelievable and one of the one of the highlights of my, my career was just getting to sit and visit with him. So, uh, what, a, yeah. what a fantastic yeah. individual and great information and, and just a great all around guy. So, I, I hope see- everybody's enjoyed this past. And I, I sure enjoyed making
1: that one, Pat. I, I second that, Jim. It was really cool to get to hang out with Pat and spend some time with him. And getting to know him over the last few weeks has been cool. And you know, we've all stayed in touch and just really fortunate to uh, be able to do that. You get to yes. know yes. guys like that. Cool. Him and uh, yeah. Chris went to the to the Knowles game Saturday. The Miami and uh, Hurricanes, the Florida State Seminoles. You know they're right there. Yeah. I think Chris Oyer went to Florida State, where he got his education. And uh, I, I I was talking, to, or I called Chris. He said, "Hey, babe, I can't talk. I'm at the nose game." And he sent me a picture, him and Pat. So they were they were pulling the <laughs> nose through.
0: Awesome, man. Yeah. I- I'm looking forward to uh here in a couple weeks out of uh going back down there for the workshop with him in uh Indian park I think that's gonna be a, a fantastic time right there I'm looking forward to that that's we'll get some advertisement from mr up too when all that comes out you know and I guess it's already where you can register for or whatever but that's gonna to be a fun time i'm looking forward to that
1: yeah that that's gonna be a there's a ton of information. For somebody that wants to go and learn about dogs and
0: mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm.
1: really, really bright minds in that camp.
0: Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt.
1: So, the way they think about dogs is different. Um, Chris and Andy and, and and I guess it all stems from from Mike. That, you know they all are are students of Mike. But just the way those men think about dogs is different. And I wanna dive more into that.
0: Oh yeah, no, for sure. No, no question. I mean you're talking about some names in the business that actually created the games we're playing, you know. I mean they, they're the ones that took it to the level it's at now. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh no, so yeah, let's let's move on. We'll talk more about that later. Uh we'll start you you say you wanna start with the grand. Yeah, won't you uh, recap
1: won't you just give a quick recap of your grand and oh. And, we, uh, and we'll, we'll dive more into depth on the national. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. We, uh,
1: of course, that's been a while ago now. Yeah. Uh, it's, been, it's been a month. Uh,
0: we uh, we were in Kentucky this year for the International Fall Grand uh, Region 6. Uh, put it on. good buddy of mine, Leroy Mason, worked his tail off and done a fantastic job getting everything together. The grand committee come in there and, and uh, those grounds at Paducah, which will be where the Master National will be next year uh, for the first time. That was the third time the Grand's been held there. Just, just phenomenal. I mean, there's plenty of room. The parking's pretty good. The, you know, the grounds are perfect for what we're doing down there. Uh, and Tim the, uh, Creer with the, uh, the Fish and Wildlife that runs those grounds is phenomenal. They're just he's all about the dog world. He has a dog. He, he runs field trial, uh, but helps that day a bunch. So I took, uh, I took thirteen. Uh, to start. I had two females come in to eat. Uh before one one come in before the grand ever started and then one come in uh the morning of of course and that always helps. Uh but nope, we had a we had a good run. I passed five, uh had trip, a uh, little trip dog made his third grand pass and made him a three time grand champion with two master national plates. Uh He's a, he's a fantastic little dog, man. He just, he just got a head full of sense and run good. This little, little back sister got her first pass. She had a heck of a good ball run really well. That's Ren. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're, they're Hank Red out of Miley, which is Scott Rear's personal dog. And, i uh, I had good success with both of those. They run field trial and, uh, Master Hunters and Master, both of them got Master National plates and, and pretty solid little dogs, man. I, I enjoy the heck out of them too. Great clients go along with them as Chaz Giles as Ren and then Kyle Kirby uh, as has uh trip. And yep. uh, they they both had a good run. Then I I had four uh first time passes. Uh I told somebody, I said if I was ever thinking about getting a grand, I just took that off the table It was like I'll be a wife for that game. There were four <laughs> new one thousand. Uh, Y'all ain't gonna quit right. the grand
1: anyway, so kill no. talk all that sh- crap. <laughs>
0: no, I ain't, I ain't going nowhere. But uh, the uh, it was fun. I, you know, this grand, I don't know why. I was very comfortable. Uh, the dogs I lost just didn't do the work. We we faced the wind. Uh, really affected the way the dogs run, and, and that's nobody's fault. You know, it's just the wind, and uh, the dogs I lost was totally lost. You know, they they, they they were doing the best they could. They were great dogs just made mistakes and, and couldn't, couldn't overcome, you know, a bad condition and uh, I, it what it is. You know, so I, I was not, uh I was not upset at all. I was proud for the five I passed. I might have let the other three, but uh, we trained, we had good pre-training. Me and Tyler had a, had a great time uh, pre-training at Dr. Austin Brooks, uh, which, Curiosity Austin Brooks, I don't know, he's one of the greatest guys ever. He's one of, Scott's buddies. He lived down there in Dyersburg. And he used yep. to run with us. He kind of gotten uh, a little older and not in real great health, so he's not getting the opportunity to run as much as he wants to. But it was fun spending time with him. Skipper was with us on Skip Spartan, the Golden Voice, uh, hung in there with us for a little bit. He went out, I think, in the, in the second or third series. And uh, he, uh, he headed home, but he'll, uh, he'll be back. So it was, a, it was a good event. And I think they've done a fantastic job. We headed back down to uh, Georgia, where we run this past spring, we're going right back there, which those grounds are fantastic too. So I'm looking forward to that. So that's pretty much the grand in a nutshell. There's always some of the things that happen that's different, but you know, overall, just, just another grand that was well run and well orchestrated.
1: Good. Yeah. Very good. Well, congratulations on your grand passes.
0: Thank you very much. Very much. Uh, and then we left there and come home. Uh, spent about two days at the house, loaded up, and headed to South uh, South Georgia. And that's where I met up with you at. Ben yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. <laughs> Thomasville, Georgia, some of the finest dog ground, not some of the finest dog ground yeah, I
0: was, uh, I, I've,
1: I've ever seen.
0: I, I knew it was nice down there. I had never been in that area. I, I was literally blown away at what. Is there? I, I'm I'm just shocked at the at the amount of thought and effort that these people have put into these grounds is just phenomenal. I mean, it's, it's it's crazy. We uh our pre-training that we drew first time ever that I, you know I've run the national several times. I know you have kids. We have never drawn for uh, uh, grounds. You know, we've always had opportunity training on private ground. Usually, the draw grounds aren't that good and. And I would have to say that the draw grounds that we got was as nice as I've ever seen or had the opportunity to run on in my life.
1: Yeah, the draw grounds <laughs> were the best grounds we've ever trained on in our lifetime.
0: <laughs> oh, no question. Yeah. A uh, lady, I didn't have the opportunity to meet her. Uh, but her name, Judy S. Houston, uh her property was fantastic. Uh, what was the other one the other day, where we trained the first day? Uh,
1: Lynn, uh, Lynn Troy, I believe, was her name.
0: Lynn Troy, those grounds were... Those grounds were unbelievable nice. Uh, it, was, it was crazy. I mean, you, you see why those dogs that come out of that area and get the train down there were so good because they had the opportunity literally for everything. They're, they're, it's spectacular.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, Miss yeah. Judy and, and Andy have that place there. Um Paramour fish that was just unbelievable.
0: <laughs> Unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We've uh the Oh shoot. Du Bois property? Yep. Du prop. property? That's right. Uh, oh man. I, don't think, another one. I don't, don't think
1: I don't I don't think they own that anymore and I don't I don't even know no. if, I'm, I'm that's not what sure. I heard But they still du Bois, call it the du Bois property. Yeah, it's
0: uh, it was it was phenomenal. That was our uh fourth and fifth series was held over there and man, ground the grounds were just
1: yep. unbelievable. What y'all started yeah. at Mike Lardy's property?
0: We started running at Mike Lardy's ground, and uh, it was it was very good, very interesting first series. A lot of talk about that. We 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 got the one that was uh, a little more odd than a lot of people run. We had a and if you haven't seen it, Pat Burns come over and flew a drone over it. Most of the field trial pros in that area drove by just to look at that. (laughs) (laughs) They couldn't believe we were throwing something like that in our nation. <laughs> you know they they were pretty impressed, and you know the dogs, you know eighty seven percent handled in the first series, uh, and that was uh that was totally if you've seen it and know anything about dogs that that's probably lower than I would have guessed. Um, kind of amazing really that only eighty seven percent handled in the first series because they 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 threw a bird uh from right to left. That landed about six or eight yards in front of the fire station. And then you shot the flyer going right to left. I guess you would call it a front pocket. I don't know exactly, a a side pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I call it. Uh,
1: it's that little pocket it, on the it, side of your bridges you put your e collar in, is what it is.
0: No, 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 I know what you can call that, the watch pocket. That's that's a little (laughs) little watch pocket right there. And and then you turned over here and I threw a dead bird out, kind of pinching into the flyer a little bit, pretty close, uh, left to right. So you go get that bird, and then you come back in, and you had to run a a blind over top of a field trial mound, and it was in play and explained to us in great depth that that mound was in play. So we were all getting, you know, three or four whistles right there. Uh, mostly, I think I seen one dog that did get on it go straight over the rest Got to get stopped several times. tried to cast on it. <laughs>
1: four, hey, then, four yards from <laughs> you yeah, About
0: four yards from takeoff. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: you think about it, it's just dumb as heck, man. I don't care what anybody, that's the dumbest thing i ever seen, really. Hey, whoever designed that guy, Bush, y'all, you, you know a lot about the retrieval world, I tell you. So... <laughs> You get that, then you come back in and you pick up your watch pocket scenario, <laughs> which would be straight <laughs> straight into the flyer station. Headbutt it if you're going to get the short bird, and, um, and get the flyer, which would really be according to where your flyer landing, You know they always put the flyer out there where it's uncontrollable, so you don't have no idea where it's going to hit. You know that's always you can tell right oh. there what's what's going on with that then. So I had some dogs. I'm gonna say, pick the short bird up, uh, the right bird up, and would been within no more than 20 yards to the flyer.
1: Yeah, and
0: that that was uh that was interesting. And, that, and I will say this: I'm not. I know some dogs got it pretty good. Some some went in there and got it pretty well. Uh, they probably didn't dog, know they got it. <laughs> no, no,
1: <laughs> the dog <laughs> didn't.
0: I run stabbed it. He actually went out there and stepped on all three of them and run a good blind. Uh, I, I was so surprised. I had three dogs pick it up without a handle. One actually picked it up, what I'd call clean. The other two I got left of the flyer and wallowed around and found it. Uh, it, it was it, so. We started off on a, on a on an interesting deal. The other uh, four series we run as nice. a series as. Uh, I run in the national. They were solid. They were good, well placed uh, birds. We had one other uh, flyer that was uh, pretty tough, and it was the, the mark wasn't that hard. It was a good mark. It was tough due to the fact you couldn't shoot it where it wasn't a no bird. Uh, I told somebody I shot flyers in the national since 2016, and a lot of times I will shoot as often as two two chips a day, you know, which is as much as six hours, and I had had one no-bird leading up to that series. And I shot twenty. we had 20 no-birds in the first 35 dogs we run Mm -hmm. Because I couldn't get them to land where the dogs could see them. Somebody didn't take into account that, you know, that's a flyer. I, I don't understand that a control bird, you know, a dead bird where you can guarantee where it hits. Has to be thrown in somewhere like that, and to put a guy out there. So then I ended up stuck out there. Me or Tyler Patterson was stuck out there the whole time because we had to have somebody that could kill it right where it had to be. And there's other guys I'm sure that could, but it was a learning curve because Tyler had the same thing. They had they had a crate, a full crate of no birds, so trying to get it right. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a it, that was tough, but the mark was a great mark. If you put
1: a dead uh, bird right there, it's a great bird
0: i seen oh, it. I can't look at it. Yeah. yeah, you throw a dead bird right there, yeah, you you going to find out the dogs that mark, you know. And, uh, I, anyway, that's just part of it, though. I, I just, I, I, you know, that, that's one thing is uh, overall they need to take into consideration what a control bird is and what a flyer is and what they're used for, you know. That's something you're not going to see ever in the field trial world where they're trying to throw that, that type of deal. But anyway – uh, it was fun. We had a good time. I passed four dogs. Uh, had a couple of heartbreaks. The only thing I lost dogs on was a blind. Uh, blinds. Uh, not exactly sure on a couple of them why, but that's just part of the game. You know, you take what you, take what you get, be glad you got it. I guess it could have been a little rougher. Uh, but they judged us, The two guys who run under judged us to the last. I pickup and, I'm sure that's how the national wants it, and that's how it should have been done. And some dogs got dropped in the fifth series for, you know, chopping up and down the shore, kind of a down the shore water blind, and uh, and was lost in the fifth. So, but that's uh that's part of the game, you know. We we had we had a good time. It was a uh, it was overall a pretty good experience.
1: Well, good. And yeah. what about you? Um, yeah, I mean, we had a, we had a good national. Um, not a great national, but a good national. It was fun. A lot of good people. You know, I was. My, I love my flight. I like. I like the people that I'm in over there. And they're 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 a lot of fun and and good to be around. Uh, uh first series. I, I tell you what, if you just did the the marks that we seen, I would say that they're probably as good a set of marks as I've ever seen at a national. <laughs> um, but when you throw in you know the blind, the blinds in the middle of them, and and all that type of stuff. It kind of, that's the kind of stuff that just. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, Jim, but I, I don't know how to say it. But it just makes it, makes it not as good. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. Are you really testing the marking at that point? And you yeah. go off of a great set of marks, and and then just see which ones can kind of lucky into it a little
1: bit. Right, so like our first series, they shot the flyer out there at, I don't know, 150 or so, and it was a great mark. It It, it is a it was a beautiful mark. And then the right bird, and then the left bird, and you go get it. But then, you pick up the go bird on the left, and then you run a blind, that is about seven steps outside of the flyer station, off the back side. Alright? Now, <clears throat> you get it, then you come back, pick up your right bird, but when you go for your flyer, if you're just going to hook the gun, which is retired, you can't necessarily hook a retired gun, but, you know, it is what it is. If you're go, if you going to go right on the backside of it, you're in the blind. And at that point, if you go in and hunt that blind, you're out. So uh, I feel like we were forced to handle right there where a lot of dogs probably would have just maybe hooked around and went in there and, and, and figured it out. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. They They didn't get a chance to – you either went in on the right side of it and, and got it good or you or you handled. Um, I, I felt like that, that type of stuff where they, the concepts of, or, or the theme of what the national put out there, um, forced, forced a lot of handling to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. but you know, it is what it is. You just got to do it, you know? And we had great judges we Had. um, Dave McPherson and Rich Ellis, um, both of them were, were great guys. They were kind to us. They were never out of the way. They judged us fair, and um, they they had what they wanted to see, and that's what that's what any judge I've ever ran under they have something they want to see, and you got to do your best to give it to them. You know, yeah, no, for sure. And um, so they they were they were awesome. I can't can't say enough good things about about those two guys. And um, I'd run under them again tomorrow if if it come down to it. So, but, you know, just all that, that with those grounds and and the set of marks they had, that that was, they could have, they didn't have to interrupt it. And I don't know how, if, I'm pretty sure this is how it works. Jimmy. mean, you're more involved in the national than I am as far as the politics go, but.
0: Oh, no, not, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> My politicking days are over with, bud. I, I'm just normal old citizen at large. I have no say in anything, <laughs> nor do I want to. But go ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think when they get there, the, the, the national people tell them, this is what you're going to do. You have no choice. Here's your land. It's got to be a triple with the first bird out flyer interrupted. Um and, and they don't have any choice. And then the third series you gotta have a remote um scene. And then the second series, you gotta have a, a diversion. I think they set all the parameters for them. You know Does that make sense?
0: I think so. I don't know that for a fact, but I'm pretty sure that's
1: correct. Right. So they just gotta do the best yeah. they can at that point. And they tried to create parody all around from what I can see. And I think that it from what a little bit I looked at it, they all did a good job. You know, um, anyway, that was our first series. Our second series was, was a land water test. It was a really good test. It had a one little short bird in it. It was a bridge mark that was incredibly hard to get. Um, if you ran it at the right time, the wind gave it away. But if you didn't, it wasn't, it was tough, tough. Um, our third series was a water triple had the remote sit, but man, it was a great, it was a great set of marks. Really, really good set of marks. good water blind. Um, our four series, if if you oh, it had a hot blind behind behind the uh, go bird Jim, and I'm I don't know I'm going to say thirty yards. It, it might have been thirty five. I I don't know exactly, but I'm going to say approximately thirty. And then the wind picks up, blowing from the hot blind to the go bird. All right. And the Go Birds kind of thrown off in this little kind of little dip. And a, a lot of dogs went in right in there and got it. But if you did not, as soon as you got past it five or six yards, they winded the, the, the blind. So then they take off from the blind and you had the handle. You had no choice. Yeah. The dog had, I'm not saying give them a chance to waller, but it had almost zero chance to figure it out. Like, yeah. Oh, I ran past it. Let me ease back in here and and, and, and yeah. get this bird out of this dip. As soon as they went by it five yards, it smelt the blind.
0: Ugh.
1: You know. I yeah.
0: And the worst thing about those scenarios, and, and it's just luck with a draw. Cause I, oh look, so the first series, I didn't get moved. I did not draw dog one. But the third, fourth, let's see, the second, third, and fourth series, the way the rotation was, I run dog one. You know, I was the first dog to run those. Right. And that, that you know, and that's just bad luck when you got three dogs, you know, to run the very first dog. Because in those scenarios, you may not realize it's that influential until you sacrifice the first few dogs. And everybody, who don't let them get there. Well, man, it's too late for some of them dogs. they done got back there. You know, right. that, that's that's the part that kind of makes it a little, you know, that's it's a... I don't say unfair necessarily, but that makes it a little tough to.
1: Yeah, yeah. you're the first guy. Yeah, so, I don't, I don't want to call it unfair either. I mean, I'm not saying this, the tests were unfair; they weren't. But just, no. but like, take our four series for example. We had a the first bird out was a flyer, and it was up the hill, and it was it was out there pretty good too. Which you know, distance is irrelevant. Then the short bird was thrown severely angled back, and when the wind picked up, it was almost straight back, and toward the flyer great set of marks extremely hard to get but if right beyond the um if you left the flyer station and walked toward the short bird they planted a blind in between them it wasn't hot but it's been 150 birds put there (laughs) you know
0: yeah
1: you know i just my imagination i would I, i would put my blind somewhere else besides in the middle of my test Myself, yeah. but that's just, that's just not, I mean, not me. Right. No, oh,
0: oh. but, but
1: that's something we, that, you know, everybody there had to deal with it. It's all good. I just, stuff like that is just, it's just, it, I don't, it, it don't fit my train of thought.
0: Yeah. O- overall, I think people come out better on those tests than, than they anticipated as a whole. You know, like I say, I got, I got dinged on some lines. I kind of feel like in the same thing I got in Oregon. And maybe, so it's obviously me. I got to figure out what they're wanting on blinds because I'm running them as tight as I can. You know, I'm getting the marks. I'm not, you know, I'm not handling. (laughs) There's just very little to no handling on marks at all. And then I get picked up on a blind and not even sure really at all why. So I got to figure that out because it's dogs that have just passed the grand running the same blinds on two. Right. You know, and I don't know if I'm missing a corridor. or So that's something I've got to concentrate on. I know I got to get better at. But, uh, anyway, that's, uh, overall, I was tickled with the way my dogs handled those scenarios. I mean, they, they, they totally understood. I never had a dog when I knowed off. They totally worked with me. I never had, you know, any refusals. Uh, they tried the remote set again and that, I get, I don't know, they tried that in 16 and they didn't get anybody and, I don't know, but one dog I've even heard of, it got, and that wasn't
1: in our flight. I think y'all lost one, didn't you, on the yeah. remote set deal? Yeah, yeah the, one of the yeah. last ones, Dane. Uh, one of my new friends, by the way, Dane Johnson. Oh, that,
0: <laughs> I, um, I got to run the Grand with Dane a few years ago. I love that dude, man. He's good he, or gold. He's He's always awesome. fun.
1: He's he, always fun. He's awesome, man. Like, right at the end of the <laughs> third series, um. He had one break, you know, and he's like, a hundred dogs that sit there and you decide to break. You know, he's he's so funny and he's funny. But, you know, I, I took all of mine to the third series. I took 13, took all of them to the third series. And no, 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 no. Take that back. Take that back. I lost hippie in the first series. First test he's ever failed in his life. Um, He got, he lined, he lined the blind, jumped over it, got five or six yards deep of it, um, And I I could not call him back in. I don't know if he scared that little Guatemalan fellow that was sitting there, um, (laughs) playing or what. But he would not. So I had to pick him up in the first series. Uh, But I took twelve out of thirteen to the third and lost two there. But after the third, I lost three dogs, and there were seven plates combined between them. Yeah. And that's that was that stung. That stung. You know. You know. You hate to see that. Um, but I'm the opposite of you, Jim. I, I didn't lose a dog on blinds. I lost I lost them all on marking, except for one. Um, Swayze was totally clean, has ran great blinds, had pounded, pounded the marks pretty strong. He overran that little short bird in the fourth and got in that blind, and, it, and I had to tweet him out, and I had to really work at it to get him back to that short bird. Then he comes back, and he goes and pounds a flyer and runs a blind, and he gets dropped for trainability. So now look, it was not yeah. clean coming out of that blind scent whatsoever. I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying that he shouldn't have been dropped, but man, that, that stung too having a dog hundred percent clean. Um oh, yeah. right there. And then I lost another one in the fourth she just overran the Go Bird a little bit, When the blind handle. She gets up there on the flyer and can't find it. That double handle in the fourth. And she was I think she had handled one time before. But we had a really 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 good test going so yeah. it's that like that hot blind blown back in the test that bush league shit like that has cost me a little bit you know what I mean so oh yeah she should have she should have hit the go bird I mean I mean I mean maybe she should have pinned it so it's stuff yeah. like that but anyway I, I passed I seven
0: hope now, I hope now with, with the ATC and the master national I hope that's level that deal out you know. Surely, the guy, if those tests don't sue them, nothing's going to, you know, because yeah. they, they couldn't, they've they thrown everything but the kitchen sink, <laughs> you know, no offs, hot ones, uh, remote sets. Uh, one thing that kind of got me, and I, and I was debating if I'm bringing it up or not, but I, yeah, I'm going to. So, we, we Kevin, KJ, our, our 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 producer here, which we're we'll gonna get to in a bit, uh, he come over and I was late to run in our fist, so we rode back over. And check it out to see how the other group was doing who moved in our first. I've never ever went back looking at another test, but I just wondered how they were doing with that scenario. And dang, if they hadn't moved the line to the blind, wasn't across the mound, they would have to just run beside it.
1: Oh, no, I kidding. that was
0: a little peculiar. Yeah, isn't that peculiar? that that's fair. You know, after you handle a dog three or four times right there within. 20 yards of you, you start getting some nerves and stuff. Then he's so got to go, then he's gotta back gotta so go
1: them, pile back into an old fall. <laughs> good,
0: good for them guys, man. They, they, they really lucked out with some judges that didn't want to have to sit and watch that camp, I guess. Uh, but yeah, they, Is they,
1: that they, really why? Uh, Is that really
0: why, Jim? I, uh, I don't, they never give an excuse. I didn't say nothing to nobody. I just let it slide, man. I, I'm no longer involved in the politics of the master national. I can I, can. I they don't want me involved, and I don't want to be involved. So we worked out an agreement. I just shut
1: up. No, <laughs> no, but really, 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 really. Why? Why no did idea. y'all have to go across that mound, and then whoever came behind you didn't?
0: I have no idea, and that's the truth. I literally have no idea. Other than the fact that they just didn't want to have to watch that, or, or they they thought it had a good idea. I mean, I guess somebody realized that there's plenty out here. That right there. Is going to change the test dramatically. I mean, you know, because if that, you know, like I say, you start putting two or three whistles right there, every dog within 15 yards of you, as soon as you tap that whistle, those good dogs, they, they're, they're they, they're like, uh oh, I've done something wrong. You know, you just know them off of a flyer and another bird that's almost impossible to get. Now you're going to have to make them go across the mound that. Long ways, too. it's not like it was just a big hook you had to go over, you had to hit it on the skinny end and run (laughs) lengthways. I mean, it was, you know, it was a good one, it was, it was
1: a, it was a a no no drill,
0: it was a no no drill right there. I mean, oh boy, you know, Brett Copeland lost one, I mean, right there, a a couple people did because as soon as I blow that whistle short, man. Uh, it was all you could do to talk. I don't know if he lost that dog or not. I don't, I, I don't want to speak of school, but I know he, he, uh, he, I thought that, I know they picked him up, so he just not lose it. But anyway, uh, I mean, as soon as you hit the whistle, the dog panicked. Like, oh shoot, what am I supposed to do here? And he, you know, the dog was trying to come back to him, you know, and he stopped it and put it, you know, and got it, and then finally got himself, and they picked him up because he was blind. But that changes everything when you start putting or whistles where if we were to run, they moved their line over to where they, it marks up, and where they pick the line up, and you just run straight beside that man. and actually put the mound between you and the marks, so it totally took that out of play. And I'm about maybe one or two whistles on most dogs to pick up the bird instead of three whistles right there. So I was I was concerned about that, but I was like, you know what? Whatever they want to do, it's fine. We faced it. I'm glad we got that. I, I brought every dog. I lost one dog. They forgot to plant the blind. That when I moved off and I took her in there and handled her about ten times and uh, there wasn't no bird there and they finally ran her there her once she come back in and I couldn't get her to handle on a mark and they picked her up so that's I lost one dog in the first year. he so said to bring, uh, you
1: know, that let me tell you something. Down. That's where Dave and Rich would have said, you know what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, we we got you graded to that blind. This is a re- we're gonna give you a rerun.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, that's what I was kind of hoping for. And I got that with a mother dog who went in. He went in and picked up the short bird, cleaning, and come back in. I sent him for the flyer, and he took off and he shot right back in, kind of towards that short bird. And and I was like, oh lord, so I stopped him, and I uh, I started casting to get him away from it, but he kept just looking to his left, and looking you know, cause the bird would have been to his left, and I'm like. What in the world is he doing? You know, what I'm thinking, come on, the whole you can't go right back in there. You know better than that. And he reached down and picked a bird up. And I, you know, he was coming back. I said, guys, what are gonna do about that? And they were they said, Well, we got you going back to Mo Fall. I said, Man, he picked up another bird right there. And I said, you know, have the fire station walk out and they walked out and picked up a bird. And they're like, Oh, you get a rerun. I'm like, better than that. So I got a rerun on that one because he picked up two. You know what he done? He goes <laughs> so they scored him on everything else. He just had to pick up the two birds, he goes and gets everything else. Goes out there gets the short, the right hand bird, and I sent him to the fire. He just goes right back over. Hell, he's been there four times. I'm like, hell, I don't even blame you at this point. I asked him, ask him out of there. I'm like, golly, that dog ended up passing the So well, That's Woody, uh, Bill Mason's dog, done a heck of a job. He hit he, he it good. That was the only Bible he had. The rest of them, solid, real solid. So, but no, it was good. It was, it was. It's like everything else. There's some things that could have been different, but, yeah. uh, I think, like I said, I think, uh, we had Jimmy and Tracy in our, uh, our, our deal and man, they were fantastic, fun, uh, do a good job working tail off Adam Andrews, coach, uh, I guess, what do you Marshall or whatever? He worked his tail off and we, we, we did have a good time. Tyler, he and Tyler's in that flight, Chris Aiken, Brett, Jobman. And, uh, Keystone, I got to meet him here on the street. He's a good dude, man. We we shot fires together at Georgia that. Yeah. He's a great guy, man. So we, it was fun kind of meeting some new people and hanging out and, and we had a good time. So I actually coming down and, and getting ready for another
1: Absolutely. I'm
0: trying, i had, I'm now for 2024. I had
1: a, I had a good time too. And, um, I had great people, you know, Spence Row with me and, um, and Clay wrote. He when he got there, he hopped in with me and was with me the whole time. And you know, I, uh, Matt Griffiths did a great job with our flight. Um, he was awesome. I really, I really got to know Matt better than I ever have, and I, I really like him a lot. Um, yeah,
0: a good dude, man.
1: Uh, oh man, good dude. And, and then I got to meet Dane. That was that was a good, that was a blessing. He's an, he's an awesome guy. And then Scott Greer and Thad and Ethan and. I'm gonna leave somebody out: Rick Graves and Chuck, Mandy, and 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 I mean, Mandy had a great national. Um, she's always fun to be around. We love Mandy and yeah. Alan. Um, oh yeah, and just yeah, no just so many good people, Mister David. I'm mm-hmm. um, just you can go on and on about the people and how much you enjoy them. So, oh, yeah. and I can't say enough good things about our judges. I think they really did a good job, and um, I think. I think they judged it as fair as they could, and, and they treated everybody the same. And I, I, kudos to those guys. Yeah. I want them to know that I appreciate them.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, overall, I think as far as the, the running, the tests, and everything going well, well run, well designed. I think everybody. I think uh, our outgoing president, which has become a buddy of ours, I think a ton of. I think you've done a fantastic <laughs> job. Absolutely, and uh, great job keeping ready and I'm I'm I enjoyed it. I truly had
1: a good time. Miss um, Becky okay. stuff a little different. They they went over above and beyond in my Yeah, Miss Becky did a great job. Um she's awesome. Becky my office Yeah. Um yeah. great job. So kudos yeah. kudos and thanks to all the, the landowners and um uh, Miss Judy Rasmussen and all all the all the people down there that, that allowed us to do it on those wonderful grounds. You know that was awesome too.
0: For sure, for sure. All right. Well, uh, Enough about let's that. The National. Let's uh, move on to what well, we got, some Q&A. We got Kevin here with us. Kevin,
1: Kevin's got those there? stats, you know. His stats has been stirring oh, yeah. up the socials out there, the, the social yeah. internets.
0: And I may be wrong, but Kevin, are you with us? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I got you. Hey, Kevin, is today a big day for you? Something special today? Man, um. Hmm. I mean, just something it, off the wall, what's your birthday? Would it be your birthday? Not, no, it, no, it's actually not my birthday. It is my <laughs> dog Joe's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. You post on Facebook. Look, he's eight, eight years old. Uh, you know, he's fairly active on social media. I, I don't think social media, but Joe seems seems to like it uh, between running tests and, and uh, picking up ducks. He spends the rest of his time laying on the couch on Facebook. <laughs> I've I noticed that. I've seen Joe turn. his birthday was today? So today today, is, today, Joe's birthday. Birthday. today yeah. is Joe's birthday. is Joe's birthday. So what what kind of stats you got for us? I like this part, man. It, yeah, so the Master National, uh, overall, 46%, slightly over 46% pass rate. Yes. And which, With the test, like what we've just explained, is amazing. Okay. I think that goes to show that 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 the dogs are way better than they're giving credit for. Yeah. Go ahead. And you begin it through the qualifiers. You, you typically, you know, it's the better dogs making it to the national. That's uh, correct. Not that, not that this podcast is a fan of the qualifying model as it currently sits. Okay. Yeah. Uh, better dogs. So forty six percent there. I think the more interesting fact is you take the dogs that ran the Grand in the fall and the Master National, I believe we calculated somewhere around 192 dogs were going to try to do both. Uh, Out of that group of dogs, we believe, and and it's hard to decipher, we believe there are 77 dogs that passed the Fall Grand and the, the Master National in 2023. Yeah. And, you know, I have one, Daisy, uh, which is new. She had this her second plate uh, and that was her first ever attempt at the Grand and passed it. I have one. I had the other four that passed the Grand. They were the ones I lost at the National, <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah, and I, I think the other interesting fact to add on to that is, is to take that group even smaller and you look at the major hunt test events or what most consider the major hunt test events. You've got two HRC Grand Tests in 2023, and you get the AKC Master National or the Master of National Retriever Club uh, Master National. So, those three events, we believe uh, the best I could calculate, there are 31 dogs that passed both Grand Tests and the Master National in 2023. Uh, congratulations to those because oh yeah, it takes a heck of a big dog big to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a big year right there. Yeah, sure. And yeah. I, I, I hope everybody understands how hard it is to run the Grand and the Master National that close together. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> not, a, not a lot of training time in between the two. So you've got several tests of dogs running without having any corrections or any any sort of formal training. It uh, takes a lot to get a dog through any of those events singularly, but you start stacking them up. It's, Impressive, at least
1: to me. I couldn't hardly oh, catch yeah. mine after just a master national. I couldn't hardly catch them when I arrow them. <laughs> I needed a lasso.
0: It don't take long without that collar on. They get pretty loose.
1: Much less. <laughs> much less. If I did all that. So uh, K- kudos oh, yeah. to everybody that that went out and pounded both. Man, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. It takes yeah. a man. To, it takes a man to do all that too. Now to to go to the grand like you did, and, and I know Tyler and Chuck and Scott, and there's a bunch of them that do it. But to go to the grand like you did, come home for two days and leave and go to that national, it takes a man to do that. Um, and
0: there was several. You take Chuck, Scott, and myself. I, I just have one. But see, we had just all come in from the crown championship to turn around and go right back to the grand. So this year, I hit it harder than I ever had.
1: Throwing
0: yeah. so that thing right like in the mix of it. That, that, that was a long fall, man. I'm telling you, I enjoyed it. I come out really I'm, I'm I'm mentally in better shape. I think the drive uh after the last two years of being in Idaho and then out in Oregon, I feel better now than I have in years. That that those drives home is what's killed me the last <laughs> two two nationals have been just too much.
1: You say that again.
0: It'd be a good idea if somebody would come up with it. Maybe split that thing, you know, where we could do it half and half. But I would never
1: recommend that. All right, let's let's answer some some questions. Is that all on the stats, Kev? Yeah, that's all the important
0: stats. If if I give any more, I'm afraid Jimmy will run so far down the hole we won't ever get him (laughs) back. Oh, you know how I am. (laughs) With uh, the fact that. Duck season is kicking off in most places. Arkansas, where I think the majority of this group hunts, the majority of the time, kicks off. uh, Saturdays, we're four days away from opening in Arkansas. There was a lot of questions that have been coming in recently, all based around the hunting. Uh, We've got several good questions, but due due to time, I, I think the hunting questions are more pertinent at the moment, and it really all wraps back up to the difference between running a hunt test with a dog and how you hunt your dog. Uh, there, there was been a, a lot of questions coming in about when do you handle wild hunting and how do you handle wild hunting. So I'd like to take this opportunity for y'all to explain how you hunt with your dog and the
1: approach you take. All
0: right. Adam, you want me to go first or you want to?
1: Yeah, go ahead.
0: All right. So I have been hunting the same dog for 10 years. Uh, she'll be 13 uh, this year. She will get to go a time or two. Uh, she's a three-time grand, grand champion to the Master National plates, And then I retired her from running last year and just in hope to get another partial duck season out of her. Saying that, I'm starting a new dog. who got her first grand pass and made the fourth series of the Master National this year uh, named Addie. Uh, just a little female out of Chaos and uh, Peppy, uh, which is uh, Randy McLean's male grand champion uh, She this will be her first ever duck season i took her dove hunting twice and she started picking up birds pretty good in enough here she still don't have a real good understanding how they're coming in over top we never got on a big hunt uh where she had the opportunity to pick up a bunch but uh, each time i took her she picked up eight or ten birds uh, so this year she'll get the opportunity to start her hunt career as a three-year-old so i'm i'm blessed to have a dog that is already completely trained, like I say, she's done past the grant, she's a master hunter, qualified for national. Now she's going to start hunting. Uh, it's a little different than picking up these dogs that I've sent home this fall who are like 10 or 11 months old, 12 months old, that have done been to North Dakota. They're you know, they I've had puppies up in Canada, and you know, they're hunting a lot right now, you know. Uh, and that takes a little more concentration with the dog, a little more dog time, a little more handler time. Uh, with mine. Uh, I, I will, I will try the first three or four hunts. I won't shoot. I'll just handle Addie and just be a dog handler and enjoy, you know, I call, call a shot or whatever, and then I will help her with the birds. Uh, handling on marks with an older dog like her is not as concerning as a young dog, uh, that can handle. I think if you start overhandling, we've addressed this several times. I think if you have a dog that will handle, I'm going to give them every opportunity to hunt. That's where they learn. Uh, it gets frustrating sometimes when you got a whole crew of guys with yeah, you. A new puppy is not a place to take to an Arkansas timber hunt where you're going to shoot, you know, six limits of ducks in three hours and nonstop shooting, or two and a half hours and nonstop shooting, and people hollering and shooting and going on because the dog, you can get in the middle of the hunt, and mess it up. It's more of a. It needs to be a little bit more of an intimate. Uh, A hunt where maybe you and a couple of your buddies, an afternoon type hunt or whatever. And if you got to walk out, I think it's better than hand them. Go out, you know, if you got to wade the rice field or wade up the timber and get them in the right spot to find the bird and let them learn how to hunt, I think is, uh, is crucial. I think that's, that's where a lot of people miss it because at the end of the day, like my bee, uh, dog that I've hunted all these years, like we shoot the ducks, I say bee and then I just go back to what I'm doing. It's just her (laughs) drive to go get them. You know, I ain't, if she needs my help. We're in big trouble. But she picked up thousands of them, you know, and I got it with several years. So I'm not going to, I don't want to have to mark the dang birds. That's her job. Now I've got a good idea where, you know, the ones I've shot at are gone dumb. And I may know where some other ones are, but she, she, she knows she's sitting there perched watching those birds and she knows she don't have to rely on me for it. So I think it's key to, to let the dog learn to develop the hunt, but you got to get them in the right scenario where they can see the birds fall. And be controlled. Uh, I don't want to train out in the field. I don't want to get into big training scenarios. I want to make it fun for them. And then uh, I'm going to give them a lot of opportunity to figure out how to hunt the wind, how to look in the cover. These dogs, these older dogs, they get smart. Like, like they will know when we go to a certain hole. She knows where the ducks hide at. You know, you shoot one that swims off, she, she's got a good idea. They're going into that tall grass over there. She'll go in there and wall around find the thing You know, and we're still shooting ducks, you know. Uh, so she's not messing up the hunt. A puppy's not gonna do that. You may have to get the boat, row over there, and take the puppy and get out, wait around, and help him kind of flush it out of there. And then he does that a couple of times, and the next thing you know, like, I bet that thing buckled in that tall grass again, you know. And I think that's how they learn. Go ahead, Adam.
1: Ah, oh, man, I I, I can sit here and just repeat what you said, and I, I don't, I don't want to do that. I think you just kind of nailed it, bud. You yeah. know. It's, take we're him. all the same. biggest thing is mean, take the young dog and let him get what he sees fall, and don't get into a pissing match. You know, just let him go get, let him go, let him go be successful and 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 you know one brick at a time, get better, one percent better every hunt, and put him under ducks and he'll he'll make a he'll make a dog. He'll make a dog. And it, He's it, been trained, you
0: know. If they come out of my camp or Adam's camp or uh, Aiken or or Brent's worked them or Tyler or whoever, these guys that are doing their job, working these dogs, the dogs know what to do, it, but they have to develop, you know, they don't know anything about hunting until you take them out there. You know, we've all got a pit in the ground. We've all got elevated duck line. We've all got all the stuff we've taught them. After, we've taught them the decoys. We showed them motion. We showed them everything. But that doesn't have anything to do with birds coming in over top that they've never looked up in the air. for. You know, that stuff just comes over time. And the only way to get that is being out there. You know, I, I, you know, uh And I don't want to train. I do. I do not want to be training in the duck line. I'm not going to let them run muck I'm not. I'm not going to let them be unruly. I'm going to teach them to set their place and be there, and they have to stay there. And uh but I. But other than that, you know, go get the birds. Be patient. You know what, I'm going to help you every way I can. Be patient with them. If you got a little dog that's struggling, take you a rock and toss it there towards it. He sees one or two. Next thing you know, he's wanting he, That's what he wants to do. If he's in, if he's worth his salt, he wants to get the first. You know, if he don't, you got the wrong dang dog. Yeah,
1: yeah, give that to your mama, your grandmama, and go get you another one.
0: Buy, buy one of these and Daisy puppies. We're hoping to have, and I'll put you on one to go get them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next. <laughs> Love it. All right. So the next one comes in from Adam Andrews. Uh, uh, who's oh, a friend? Yeah, it, it, yeah uh, very quality question. This one will probably take us a minute to get through. So here we go, and let me read through it, and I'll let y'all have it. So Adam wants to talk about handling on marks, and what circumstances do you handle on marks versus rethrow the mark? When is the optimum optimum time to handle in route, and what do you do if you miss that optimum moment to handle? What problems can you create if you handle too early
1: or too late on your timing?
0: I got the first one last
1: time. Adam, go ahead. <laughs> All right. So we talked about this
0: some, but this that's a good question. Yeah, Adam I mean, told me it's in a question. Yeah, I was waiting to see what it was. Um, so that
1: that, that was that him. was a lot of lot of questioning, and my comprehension's not just strong as new whale rope. So you may have to help me decipher that question a little bit. But theoretically, we're handling on a mark to when the dog has failed a factor. So um, when the handle as close to the infraction is possible is just what I believe. Um, I've tried it both ways. I've tried to let them commit to the mistake and then call them out of it and then handle. Um, I think if you will handle as close to the infraction as possible, um, that that gets you your best deal. Now, if you miss that, man, I, it just, that's going to be an, an art answer to me. You know, you kind of got to just feel, it depends on whats what it is and and what's next? What's beyond that factor? You know, if it's, you know, squaring out a little bit early and then, then they got to go and, and, uh, you know, angle out a hillside and he squares and goes up, then I might want handle, but it's close to the, am I answering the question, Kevin?
0: Yeah. It's a very difficult question to answer. Uh, Maybe maybe let's address this 1st What's what determines your decision whether to handle on the mark versus re-throwing the mark?
1: All right, um, man, I'm going to handle most of the time, and if unless that infraction is like really really close to the line, but if it's out there far at all, I'm probably going to handle and and put them in the water or put them through their cover or you know make them stay straight out the hillside, and then I probably wouldn't. Rethrow it unless it just got really ugly um and if it got into a bunch of handling i may come back and kick one offline and just so he's not going right back into the same spot throw one offline let him pick it up then i may re-throw that bird but i i wouldn't just if he went to fail a factor i wouldn't call him back and rethrow it i would handle to attack that factor
0: yeah let me ask you a question while you're on that. I know, and here we go. Grab a hole. Here we come. Uh, so, I virtually never reframe, and the reason why is I seem like I get the same result. I have learned that by teaching the factor handling, I got a better result, and then repeating the same scenario, different place, different time.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, like,
0: if, if they screw it up. The first time, and you're
1: like, ah, oh, that wasn't working. let try it again. You, I don't know what it is, but I get the almost the exact same thing again. Yeah, and I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I don't so know. Like, I feel like I, I feel like I gained something a lot of times. Now, if and
0: see, I, and, yeah, if I got in, heard that, I, yeah, if I, I got into a
1: deal where I didn't feel like I was gaining anything, then I definitely wouldn't do it. Yeah. Um,
0: And I think think if you miss the opportunity to handle, like you said, square. there's a perfect example you get like squaring out of the water. But if the dog squares out and then recovers before you can, you know, he's done made the land and has squared out, at that point you've missed your opportunity. So, but if that dog can recover and still come up on the bird, good. You got something out of it, you know.
1: I think it all depends on when they're squaring out too, you know. If they're squaring out on the back end of the mark. You know, and like I think Chris said it on here the other day where Andy would say he don't want to take away the ninety percent that they done correctly over that last ten percent. Right of the now of now the bird.
0: In front of the gun, you gotta you gotta handle there. I mean you gotta have your line on where that dog's gonna come out anyway. But if he gets past that and squares up, you know, at the half you know, I I, I think it was uh uh that it's you know you're looking at the halfway of the arc is your line of acceptance.
1: Right. And he makes
0: it past that, I'm letting mine go. If it's before that, I'm handling before he ever
1: beats Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah. 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 But yeah. It, and, and if he squares he's gone, out, he's
0: always going. If, yeah. if he's, he's always on it.
1: that front side of it, Jim, and um, and he squares out just a little bit and then he's going to go finish the bird good, i probably let him go. Oh, yeah.
0: No, I agree. <laughs> same Same. Yeah. Okay. All right. Adam, I hope that answers your question. If not, come down this week and I'll show you. <laughs> he, was, he was here on Saturday hanging out with me.
1: That's just part of it. I'll, I'll repeat. I'll, I don't mind repeating some, you know, especially for young
0: people. I have not had – I just haven't had no success with it. I just get the same results. I mean, like almost exactly the same two-thirds of the time. Every once in a while, I feel like I get a little bit out of it. But I feel better repeating scenario, different time, different
1: place. Yeah, it has to be – for an older dog, it has to be pretty severe before I repeat it. Um, Yeah. But a younger dog, I'm more apt to. Yeah. Adam, that was part of the question. Did we get all of it? it. I mean, Kevin. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I I think uh, the last part of it is what consequences do you typically see when you – Handle at the wrong time. Uh, is there. So I think I, I'll answer that. So I think handling at the wrong time, if the dog understands the what you're asking and you handle it at the wrong time, you're just going to take drive out of the dog because it'd be unclear to him.
1: Right. That's what. Uh, when you handle yeah. it at the wrong time, does the dog understand why he's being handled? When you handle yeah. it the right time and can show him what he needs to be doing, then he can make sense of it. But man, at the wrong time, it's, you got to figure out a way, you know, well, how can I gain something at this point? You know, what What can yeah. I do to gain something from the situation that I'm in? And just I'll tell you a try to gain we, a little bit and get out of there, out of that situation.
0: That's yeah. scenario we get into here. and something you don't have, Adam, is these rolling hills where the dog goes outside of the gun a couple of times, you know, between the line and the bird. Right. Well, they'll go down It we'll be angling across those hills and they'll square, right? Well, I, you have to wait, or my opinion is, I have to wait until they get to the top of the hill where they can see the gun, stop them, and cast them. That's the reason we train them white so much because I can cast them to that gun at that point. They can understand then that they come offline. If you stop them going halfway up that hill, they don't understand because they don't have anything to cast into. So I think that would be too early to cast. So I think you're just stopping their momentum and they're not real sure. But once they come up on that hill and you stop them and they pass that direction, they see that gun, you can almost see that, aha, and they'll get back on line.
1: Does but that you, make sense? You don't think that it's stopping them halfway up and say, look, just keep going straight out of that hill. And then when they get to the top of the hill, it makes sense to them that, hey, he, he wants me to stay, not to square the hill and to stay out the edge of it?
0: I've not had the success with that that I have let them get in sight of the gun. Hmm. and these are out of sight marks so you know I mean these, these these dogs are completely out of sight of that gun right and we we will hold the handle off until they come up where they they're on top where they can see me and the gun and get a cast back on line at that point that's the way I do it
1: right but how far off line would they be
0: Uh, I mean you know off line enough they're going to end up say back coming in heavy backside or possibly even out of the out of the area
1: right I'm, yep. My my nature tells me I would handle earlier, but you know yep. no, as they, I, as I, they it. as they went to square and make them make them angle out that Hold. hillside. But you know I Hold you got more experience with that than I do.
0: Which we run on these big hills every day. <laughs> That's yeah. all I do. But but over time they they will start. They'll run to the top of the hill to see the gun. And what they figure out is if they'll just stay straight. The gun's right there, They'll carry on. And my older dogs, man, they'll angle out of the hill just easy. You know, they don't even think about taking them because they know that that can take them plumb out of the game. You know, like that that's going to put them, if they square up, some of these marks, it's going to take them 100 yards backside of the gun. You know, right. because it's so severe, angling up or squaring up would take such a severe offline angle. Yeah, so, that's just the way I do it. And I, like I say, I like it. I, I've had success with it and it works. It seems like it makes more sense to the dog. Casting them to the gun, and it does just casting them into the ground, you know, in a in a blank area. Right. Yeah. Hmm. That's you know, and we can differ on that. I, I I see what you're saying, and I thought the same thing. But when I started waiting for the dog to be inside of the gun, I got a better result.
1: Right. All
0: right. Makes um, sense. Great sense. question. Very very difficult to answer. Uh,
1: it's so subjective to what's on going on, and it's such a. It's such a feel to to what you do a lot of times, and it's no black and white answer to some of that stuff. No, no, that's I
0: mean, right. It's definitely something, something with it. that, it's definitely something that uh, we will try to work on at the seminar coming up in March of next year.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. absolutely. We can show you. I can show you, better than I can tell yeah. you a lot of
0: times. <laughs> Adam, get in early so you can be there to watch. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Alright boys, well, yeah. uh is that gonna be a wrap? We've got we got a pretty good we got iron hour and twenty minutes on this thing. Is that all of it, Kim, or you got another one. I do, but uh, that that's probably enough. Uh, I know Jimmy's got a, a bridge to build Adam's got stuff to do to get ready to go to Canada.
1: So yeah, I got, I'll
0: let y'all off the hook on that.
1: Yeah, I got a client a client coming to pick a dog up here. Mr. B dub. So um Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. If y'all good,
0: I'm good, man. I appreciate it. Kevin. Thank you. Tell Joe happy birthday, for us. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I will we'll do. I, I'll <laughs> okay. give him a little pat on the for you, Jimmy. Celebrate, style. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> good deal. All right, boys. I'm, uh, I'm gonna run in loads here and pick up some supplies and uh, head back to Bridgeville.
1: Uh, you guys, enjoyed we'll it. Well well, yeah. well, well, we'll we'll get back at it when I get back from the motherland.
0: So go give them
1: mail bud yes sir Eric, thanks everybody for listening to another episode of the doghouse um, we appreciate y'all thanks for your support and, and all that good stuff we'll see y'all in the next one and guys don't forget go check out our new website thedoghousepod.com um, you can submit questions see all of our guys that sponsor our show click 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 boom go buy some stuff from those guys and See us on uh, on the face page over there Facebook, the Doghouse Podcast with Adam and Jimmy. You can contact us there. We're gonna try to put out some content and stuff there. Thanks for listening. Appreciate y'all.